Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 9th of February. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has made an historic apology to victims of bullying, sexual harassment and assault across Parliament House in Canberra. It comes in light of the findings of the Jenkins report into parliamentary workplace culture. While Mr Morrison has issued a direct apology to alleged sexual assault victim and former Liberal Party staffer, Brittany Higgins. I am sorry. We are sorry. I'm sorry to Ms Higgins for the terrible things that took place here. And the place that should have been a place of safety and contribution turned out to be a nightmare. Meantime, support groups are waiting for more action on the recommendations from the Jenkins report into parliamentary culture. Hayley Foster from Full Stop Australia hopes this is the start of real change in Canberra and hopefully in other workplaces. Parliament should be the place of the highest standard. It's where we set our laws and our policies and our expectations for workplaces right across the country. Uh, people deserve to be safe from bullying, harassment and assault in the workplace. Concern continues to grow over Scott Morrison's religious discrimination bill that's now won the support of the coalition party room. Some amendments have been made, including protecting gay students from being expelled on the basis of their sexuality. But the safeguards do not extend to cover transgender and gender-diverse students. Two Liberal MPs are now threatening to cross the floor, while Labor MP Stephen Jones has delivered a powerful speech in Parliament, revealing how the suicide of his gay nephew and the experience experience of his own son shaped his views on why the laws are harmful. If a young kid has the courage to be themselves and own their identity, the very least that we can do, the very least, is say welcome, we love you and we respect you and you're okay just the way you are. To other news this morning and to WA where elective surgeries will be postponed later this month to ensure the health system can cope with an expected increase in COVID cases. Here is WA President of the AMA, Dr Mark Duncan-Smith. Yeah, look, I think that the numbers of Omicron cases that we're going to see will, by the end of this month, be in the hundreds per day and in March they'll be in the thousands per day. Meantime, Queensland has hit another important vaccine milestone with 90% of residents over the age of 16 now double vaccinated. Overseas and major developments in the ongoing tensions between Russia and Ukraine. During their meeting in Moscow yesterday, the French president says Vladimir Putin gave him assurances there'll be no escalation at the Ukrainian border. It comes after Emmanuel Macron detailed a list of crippling sanctions if the invasion does go ahead. Here's what Russian President Vladimir Putin said to reporters after the marathon five-hour meeting. Some of his ideas and proposals, about which I think are too early to speak, but I think these ideas could form a basis for our further joint steps. That audio thanks to Channel 9. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To Victoria and Premier Daniel Andrews has flagged possible changes to the vaccination status of international arrivals. The Prime Minister this week announced our borders will reopen on the 21st of February to double vaccinated travellers and tourists. But James Lake in Melbourne says the Victorian government may want to add its own rules. 
Dan Andrews is putting a lot of thought into the vaccination status of travellers, Tash. Like you said, Canberra will let visitors in with two doses. However, the Victorian government is teetering on a decision to mandate third shots in order for people to be able to move freely around the state. Now, the Premier has already been pushing for that change for weeks and third shots are mandated in Victoria already for workers in certain sectors like health and aged care and education. At a national level, though, ATAGI still determines someone to be fully vaccinated with only two doses. And to New South Wales and Sydney's making another bold bid for sporting supremacy over Melbourne, announcing plans for a major horse race on Melbourne Cup Day. Our reporter Sasha Barbour-Gat has the details from Sydney. A bit of a cheeky move, Tash. The boss of Racing New South Wales is set to go public with his plans for the Big Dance, a $2 million sprint at Randwick to happen right after the race that stops the nation. Peter Volandes says he wants to give racegoers a reason to keep the party going on the first Tuesday of November, but it's a move sure to put some Victorian noses out of joint, with the race to be worth more than any other run on the day except the Melbourne Cup itself. The race will also extend the Everest Carnival in Sydney, which has attracted a new young audience to the track with its signature $15 million race, the world's richest on turf. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now, interesting data after a couple of years of credit card balances falling, Australians are again racking up more debt. Tash, good morning. Yeah, I guess this is one of those good news, bad news stories. I guess if we're spending more on the credit cards, it means we're feeling a bit better coming out of the pandemic, but towards the end of the pandemic and maybe getting the plastic out and putting some money to work, which is probably good for the economy and probably good for individual people who have felt a bit locked down, a bit constrained. But of course, as a finance guy, you know I hate credit card debt. And it's really <laughs> one of those things where we need to be a little bit careful. Now, the good news is the credit card debt was about $17 billion last year, which is an extraordinary amount, but it's down from $35 billion in 2012. And it had been declining for the last couple of years. Now, we can look at buy now, pay later, of course, and maybe we're just shifting debt from one card or one sort to another. Uh, but the good news was we paid off a heap of it. It almost halved over that period, which is nice. It's now on the increase again, $162 million added just in the last two months of last year. So perhaps things are going back to normal. And Scott, the solar power boom keeps going with another year of record installations across the country. Isn't this cool? So they've actually put more panels on the roof, more, more supply, more capacity on the roofs of Australians than the largest power station in the country, which is just nice. a phenomenal number. Uh, we heard the other day that the renewable numbers are now more than a third of the grid. Uh, this is just really, really great for the economy, great for the environment. Uh, hard to see a bad news story here. The bad one might be that at some point it does start to make the grid a little bit unstable because it relies on consistent, sustainable power generation, at least for part of the grid. And at some points, they're literally, the, the electricity companies are actually paying us to take energy these days. So much is being produced by solar panels, particularly in the middle of summer. Uh, but the move towards renewables, the move towards a more sustainable, environmentally wise anyway, uh, source of power continues apace and they'll find solutions for those dramas, but probably good news for everybody. Plus, of course, it keeps household power bills down. And we know that this year, particularly with inflation on the rise, it's a very welcome sign. Absolutely. And Scott, who doesn't love a steak? But you've got some bad news for us this morning. My gosh, prices are expected to remain high for the good old steak. 
No, that's how I've got that. You know, I'm blaming EY, the consulting firm, Tasha. I'm just the messenger <laughs> this morning. It's, uh, yeah, Luke, so we know that inflation has hit the economy for a whole lot of different reasons. Shortages and supply chain disruptions largely among those. And they are supposed to be transitory. They're supposed to go away eventually. And all things being equal, you would assume that prices would fall back down. It turns out there are some categories, according to this analysis, that even after that, uh, that, that those inflation pressures have passed, some prices just don't go down very fast. Healthcare is one, childcare is another, unfortunately, for those with kids in childcare. And it turns out the humble stake is also likely to stay higher for longer. Just a real last kick in the pants from COVID, unfortunately. Isn't it what? Scott, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. <laughs> for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett and Aussie Cricketer is urging our national captains to clear the air regarding former coach Justin Langer. Good morning, Tash. Haven't heard really from the current playing group. Usman Khawaja speaking yesterday, of course, coming back into the test side during the Ashes. He's urging Pat Cummins, as he said, to clear the air regarding his own influence over Justin Langer's departure as coach. Now, we hear that uh, Cummins and Aaron Finch, who's the captain of the white ball teams, the one day and the T20 sides were both consulted over that process and Kawaja says they should both set the record straight. It's obviously a lot of ex-players coming and talking about the playing group. I think at some stage one of the captains, probably Finchie or Paddy, will probably have to you know, stand up and, and answer some questions just, just to get rid of all the speculation that's going around. And Kawaja and uh, an 18-man squad off to Pakistan later this month and historic tour. First since 1998, of course Usman was born there as well. Now our women cricketers have their sights now set on the World Cup. They Clean swept England in the one days, beating them again yesterday at the Junction Oval. They both jet off to New Zealand tomorrow before completing 10 days in isolation ahead of the World Cup. And star all-rounder Talia McGrath says she's excited to finally get her opportunity. I am stoked. I've never been to a World Cup before. So um, I've been a standby player for about three. So um, this has been a tournament that I've been eyeing off for a long time and I cannot wait to get on that plane to over, to, over to New Zealand and get stuck into it. So much cricket going on at the moment, Tash. Absolutely. And Brett, the Demons are strongly defending their Premiership coach, Simon Goodwin, in the wake of bullying allegations. This came out yesterday, front page story on the Herald Sun, not just the bullying allegations, but also issues surrounding his behaviour. The AFL reportedly not happy. He was caught drinking and gambling with players at a pub in Sorrento. Well, uh, the club came out very strongly yesterday regarding the bullying accusations, which came from a former club doctor. Uh, The president, Kate Roffey, says that was addressed at the end of the 2026 season when they also conducted an extensive review. Now, we know what happened after that. They went on to win the Premiership last year. Uh, Saints legend Nick Rewalt says that Goodwin must be doing something right to lead them to grand final glory. It's irrelevant yeah, now that's because right. the club conducted a review. They provided the feedback. The feedback was acted upon. Yeah. And guess what? They won a flag. They won a so I'm not sure if that story will go anywhere from here, Tash. Yeah, and Brett, also our new Winter Olympics champion arrives back in Australia this morning. Yeah, Jakara Anthony will touch down in Melbourne along with the rest of the Mogul team. Uh, the majority of them will arrive in Sydney. Uh, Brendan Kerry, who was one of the flag bearers, kicked off his campaign last night. He has qualified for the final of the men's singles figure skating, so we wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. 
And the Oscar nominations for this year have been revealed overnight with our Nicole Kidman leading the Aussie charge. She's up for Best Actress for her performance in Being the Ricardos, while The Power of the Dog has received the most nominations with Aussie actor Cody Smith-McPhee up for Best Supporting Actor and Sydney-based director Jane Campion nominated for Best Director. The Oscars are on the 27th of March. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.